She's a best-selling author and life coach, obsessed with helping women to silence their insecurities, build healthy boundaries, and fearlessly pursue the life and career of their dreams. Join her as she provides you with strategies and real-life tips to create your best life. Welcome to Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. I am your host, Marianne Rivera-Danners, and today we are joined by another fearless coach, and we are going to get to know her, her story, what she's all about, and help you get to the road of being fearless. Welcome, Jacqueline. How are you? I'm great, Marianne. Thank you. It's a pleasure to to be here and to get to know you. Awesome. Likewise. So who is Jacqueline? Tell us your story. Who are you? What you're all about? Uh, That's a long story. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm Jacqueline Wales. I'm the author of two books on being fearless. One is called The Fearless Factor and the other one is The Fearless Factor at Work. And I'm now working on the third fearless book, which is Fearless Women Leading the Way, where I've interviewed over 70 highly accomplished women to get an understanding of of how they have become as successful as they are and also getting past the fears. For my own story, I came to this work primarily because I had a lifetime of challenging experiences, shall we say, and I grew up in a family that was extremely toxic. And so, uh, you know, I had a lot of things that I had to overcome. And so it took, uh, you know, three or four four decades, frankly, to make that happen. But everything that I've learned over a lifetime of living as a global nomad, I've lived all over the world. I grew up in Scotland. And uh, now, of course, I'm in Northern California. But I have always been uh, an explorer. I've always been willing to take risks and challenge myself. Um, Those two books, three books that I mentioned, uh, there's also another book called When the Crow Sings. It's a novel based on my family history. And uh, so, you know, as I said, there's been a lot of examples in my life that we don't have time to go into today, but it's definitely been about, you know, how do you step beyond the fear? And I truly believe that, and this is what I've discovered, that being fearless is not the absence of fear, but it's the courage to take the next step. Because I want your audience to hear this, fear matters to our success. And people think that's very strange, but the truth of the matter is, it's a driver. And if you are growth oriented, like many people are who are listening to us at this moment, then you have to know that your fears are there as some kind of internal alarm to say that you here's room for growth. So fear is fear matters to your success because I don't think that I would be anywhere near as successful as I am uh, as a human being apart from anything else if I hadn't had the courage to push against that fear and find out what's on the other side. You know, and I like the fact that you mentioned that it's not about, you know, being fearless and, you know, all fears removed because fear, you know, it helps us. Mm-hmm. It challenges us. It gets us, uh, gets us out of our comfort box, our comfort zones. Mm-hmm. So I know that we don't have, you know, the time capacity to, you know, dive into your entire background, but can you pick one of the things that you overcame, you know, you know, growing up your childhood, you know, and let's break that down into how, you became fearless in that area. 
So let's look at something that's common to a lot of women. And it doesn't matter where you are and what your status is and what you've managed to achieve. Self-confidence is number one. And many times it's the self-confidence that holds you back because what are you doing? You're in self-doubt. You have a lot of negative thinking. You have behaviors that are self-sabotaging. There's a lots of ways in which fear works in order for us to be and continue to play small. And that was my story. I grew up with a, a family that didn't believe in success per se. It was very working class, very poor. And uh, there was never any uh, sense of you can do better, you can do more. Uh, it was always about, you know, mind your station and, and keep doing what you're doing. So my self-esteem and my confidence levels were super low. And because of that, I got into a whole lot of different scenarios with unwanted pregnancies, drug and alcohol addictions, you know, you name it. I had all the, the good dysfunctional stuff going on. So for me, it was about learning how to be more confident. And how does that happen? It happens because you push yourself. You push yourself to do something that's outside your comfort zone. And of course, as coaches, what we say is get comfortable being uncomfortable because you've got to prove to yourself that, you, you know, the fundamentals of, of fear primarily is I'm not good enough. So when you push against that sense of not being good enough and you have amazing people in your life who come along at the right time and say, don't go this way, go that way. And that was my story. And people who believed in me before I believed in myself, that was really a critical piece of it. But that, I think self-confidence, if I'm going to pin it on one thing, that's it, developing your confidence. So how did you surround yourself with these individuals did they find you did you find them what traits you know attracted you together there was a lot of uh both uh, i'll give you an example i was in therapy for 10 years so that tells you right there a lot of hard work to yeah. really you know deal with the, the trash of the past right. um when i discovered this therapist i had gone to a workshop that was suggested by another therapist for children of alcoholics. And uh, when I was in the class, she handed me a sheet of 14 items of what behaviors constituted children of alcoholics. And uh, I discovered that 14 of them uh, were mine. And I had an eye-opening moment then to say, I need to work with you. I need to, I need to get past my trash and and figure out how to do that and then along the way you know i discovered all kinds of teachers and coaches and people that i reached out to that that i thought might have some answers for me and uh, i've been very very fortunate i have worked with some amazing people over the years and of course i've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years in my development which not many people can afford to do i get yeah. that but the investment in self became a driver for all of that, um, you know, and, and other things. I mean, I took up martial arts when I was in my 40s and, uh, you know, realized that martial arts for me was like a meditation mm -hmm. because you have to be totally present to the, the things that are, you know, going on around you. Uh, and I learned a lot about myself in developing my confidence just by doing martial arts as well. So again, it's that challenging yourself yeah. to push the edge, push the edge, see what see what happens. I mean, my, my slogan is very simple. Be fearless, see where it gets you. 
I like because that. it'll get you a long way if you can be fearless. Yeah, I like that. So I read something on your short bio, uh, and it, the first the thing that it talked about was thriving through the fear. Yeah. So how how does one do that? Thrive through well, the you fear. Thrive through the fear very simply, because you are dealing with your discomfort, and on the other side of that discomfort is the joy. The joy mm -hmm. of knowing that, wow, you're capable. You are definitely someone who can not only survive, but thrive beyond it. I was not meant to do anything other than survive in my life. That was how I was raised. Mm -hmm. And when you look at where I came from to where I am today and everything I've achieved in between, that's thriving right there. But it doesn't come just because you think about it. It's because you're taking actions every single day to keep stepping it up and even at this point in in my life and career and i'm now in my seventh decade so you know you have to look at that as a lot of wisdom gained i'm still pushing the envelope i'm still challenging myself to do more be more put it out there and at this time of the day and this time of lifetime basically if you like it that's great and if you don't like it yeah, that's okay. There's plenty of other people you can go talk to. <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. So in regards to your first book, The uh, Fearless Factor, let's talk about that book. What's the book all about? Who was it for? Why was it written? So the first, the, the reason why I did this was I came into coaching late in life. I was 54 years old when I decided to become a coach. And it was because life circumstances had changed for me. And I had to find a profession after years of globe trotting, raising the family and being in a fairly fortunate place. Well, things changed. Mm -hmm. So I had to find a career. And it was a coach who recommended that I become a coach. And I thought to myself, well, I can become a coach, but I don't have any real credentials. I haven't had a professional career. I haven't had the corporate background. So she said, write a book you're a writer, go write a book. By then I had already written my novel, which had taken me 12 years. Talk about perseverance. Mm -hmm. So um, she said, write a book. I said, so yeah, what on? She said, personal development, you're going to write about fear because you've had plenty of experience with it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, very true. So I set about writing this book and I invited other women in to tell me their stories of learning how to become fearless. And so the book is really a compilation of their stories, my story, and a lot of uh, insights as to how fear actually impacts our lives and what we can do about it to, to move beyond it. And I've always been a great believer, and this is very coach-like, but it's been a part of my life anyway, question everything. everything. And at the end of every chapter in all of my books, there's a series of questions that's mm -hmm. meant to get you thinking about, how am I showing up in the world? What am I doing and what can I do differently that would change my life, transform mm -hmm. my life? And so that's really what the fearless factor was all about. Marianne Williamson, who you may have heard of, uh, she endorsed the, the fearless factor mm -hmm. saying that it was a bright light at the end of a tunnel. And um, that, that was really quite a gift that she gave in, in endorsing that book. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And then the next book, Fearless Factor at Work. Yeah. So what does, what does fear and work have to do with each other? Oh, boy. Have you worked in corporate? 
Do you really need me to answer that question? <laughs> Some people may not know. <laughs> Fear in the workplace is absolutely yeah. epidemic. Um, and it has to do with psychological safety. You know, and we know this. There's a book out there called The Fearless Organization, which you may have read. It's by Amy Edmondson. And uh, it's really based on the idea that the workplace is not a very safe place to be yourself. How many people wear a mask when they come to work? Yeah. Now, I wrote The Fearless Factor of Work because I had been working with a lot of senior executives, a lot of middle managers who really did not have enough self-awareness. Their emotional intelligence frankly, a lot of the time sucked. So my job was to help them understand how to become more self-aware. But not only that, how to communicate more effectively with direct reports, how to be really authentically present in the workplace without fear, by being just who you are. And I talk about how many people go to work and they put a mask on. I become that person that I'm supposed to be, you know, 60% of my life. Yeah. Um, which is not the same person I am when I walk through the door and get back into being my real self again. So how do you bring your real self? Well, a lot of that is about that internal dialogue, that internal stuff. I call it the inner game, the behaviors and thinking that stop you from truly being who you are, wherever you are. And so fearless factor at work became a kind of a, a virtual mentor for folks to really start to develop their their inner game and how they show up in the world. I like that. I like that. And then the next one that you're working on is fearless women leading the way. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this this was a piece I, I really feel passionate about. Most of the clients I've worked with over the years have been women. And they've been entrepreneurs, they've been corporate women, but they've all had high achievement as a as a big piece of their life they're you know a plus plus types yeah. like me frankly mm -hmm. i'm that certainly overachiever yeah. personality uh never do anything halfway when you can do it 150 percent that's pretty much it so i decided that here's the thing and it's not really a decision but the awareness that there's too many women who are not getting up into senior leadership and the reason for that is there are many different reasons but a lot of it is that internal dialogue again that women have with themselves about how capable they are how they can strive for bigger things and a lot of them don't speak up and a lot of them don't make decisions and a lot of them are fearful of what other people think of them and they're busy being people pleasers and working too hard in order to make sure that they're noticed and so on and so forth i mean it's an entirely toxic game that goes on in organizations in general. So the fearless women leading the way, I chose them because they were influencers. They were people who have already achieved a certain amount in their lifetime. But they still have their own self-doubts, you know, right. the imposter syndrome, as they like to call it, still alive and well for many of them. But I wanted to get down to it. And I wanted, I asked every one of them five questions. First one was, where has fear limited your opportunities? And there was a variety of answers, but a lot of it came down to self-doubt, not speaking up, not making decisions, so on and so forth. Second one was, what is the greatest contributor to your success? And again, the answers varied, but there was usually either someone in their life who was able to help them see what they needed to see, or they were just willing to push through whatever that discomfort was. There's that fearless piece is very much alive and well for a lot of these women. 
The third question I asked them is, what is going to be your lasting legacy? And all of them, without exception, wanted to make a difference in the world. And that's why we do what we do, because we want to make a difference in the world. And then the fourth question was, what are you going to be doing in the next three years in your career in life? And again, a variety of different answers. And the fourth one was, what is your fearless factor? Now, that question always gets people going because they go, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Right. And I go, okay, so when fear shows up in your life, what do you do? Where'd you go? What happens? Mm. And again, variety of answers. And you can hear resilience, determination, faith was another one that came up. Um, you know, just do it, basically. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm uncomfortable, but I've had enough experience in the past to know that if I push through it uh, or I stand up for what I believe in, then I can change things. And, and so these stories are now going to be informing this next book in the hopes that it will inspire and motivate other women to say, these people have done it, and I will add my own stories to it, as I always do in all my books, um, and, you know, hopefully make a difference. That's awesome, and I'm, and I'm sure it will do great. And those questions, you know, are very good because those questions, the way they're framed, they're not a answer today and you're done and over. You can do, you know, quarterly, monthly, annual checkups asking yourself those questions just to make sure that you are moving forward and that you're yeah. not staying stuck and stagnant. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And and that's, I think, what was great. And we do these interviews in the, like 15 minutes. I get their stories. It's not a big, long, drawn-out thing. 15 minutes. And as I said, I've done about 70 of them so far, which is, has been very cool. And every woman I invited in for the interview all went, oh, yeah, let me talk to you. Let me tell you my story. Because everybody <laughs> loves to share their story, let's face right. it. <laughs> so something else that I read, you know, that you mentioned in, you know, pursuing career goals, you spoke about soft skills. So can you give us a couple of examples of, you know, what soft skills are, which you know, our audience may or may not be aware of. And is there a soft skill that you believe everyone should possess or that is more important over something else? So let's start with emotional intelligence. Soft skills are all about emotional intelligence, self-awareness, trust, uh, trusting yourself and trusting other people. And if you're really looking for one thing that you should develop, it's your empathy. We live in a world that is sharply divided right now. We live in a world that is, in fact, an us and them world. And what's seriously lacking in many, many people is empathy for the other. And I think if, if there was any one skill that people should work on, and empathy is not the same as sympathy, by the way. I feel sorry for somebody. But empathy is about how can I relate to someone else's pain? How can I relate to whatever circumstances are that somebody else is going through? And they may not be exactly the same, but that feeling behind right. it and the fact that we can share a story that says to people, I understand, I get it. And we need a lot more of that in the world, frankly. And it's down to compassion. One of the things on the soft skills side of things is self-compassion. How can you get into that kindness yeah. and forgiveness for your own mistakes, for your right. own inability to show up and do whatever it is that you want to do? 
Um, you know, so being less hard on yourself. I call it the two by four syndrome mostly because it's like slamming yourself up the side of the head. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you found this episode inspiring and motivating. Don't forget to leave a comment so you can win a fabulous prize at the end of the month. You can leave a review on iTunes or you can head over to YouTube or my Fearless Living Coach page on Facebook if you are an Android user. And as always, remember, you are fearless, you are fabulous, you are a priority, and you matter. See you next time. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.